Editing Brooke here. I would just like to state that I noticed while I was editing this podcast <laughs> that Raven decided to make her presence known. So uh, never you mind the little doggy snore sounds that you hear uh, throughout this podcast because she was she was comfortable. Um, but thank you. Enjoy. I call it lazy bitch syndrome because I'm the same way. <laughs> So welcome to the 44th, yeah, 44th episode of the True North Witches podcast. Uh, Please get your spooky, odd, creepy stories in because in six weeks it is our creepy cast. And then uh, again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, guys. Please get in your questions for our non-witchy other halves, because that'll be happening in just two short months. So please get those yes. in. Um, and for all the people who, who, who have begun following us on Facebook again, um, like I know you're there, I know you're listening and uh, get your questions. <laughs> and get your creepy stories in. I don't care if they're creepy, they're weird um, coincidences like yeah something some, something um i have two stories from the same listener and the same listener has uh sent in questions uh for other halves but i want to hear from you guys four of you guys or it's going to be a very short episode yes or you just hear us talk back and forth Woo! so usual which um, yeah. You know, it's okay, I, I think, but it can't be I think, that I think we just love to hear each other talk. I think that's <laughs> what it is. We love to hear each other's voices, and that's what's keeping this podcast alive. <laughs> um, I like a siren's no. call. <laughs> You're like a siren's call. So I am the terror pole this week. Yes, you are. And... Brooke is the um, witchy fact. Yes. You know, uh, Michael sent me um, a great witchy fact, so I've got that for next week. Ooh. I also also have a shit my other half has said, because he's been really quiet on that front, but he did something on Monday, and I have to share it with the world. And I told him I was sharing it with the world. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So he is aware. Um, But... uh, yeah. So the card that I got was the Mother of Wands, Ooh. and I'm using my um, the Wild Unknown Tarot. Ooh, that's what I want. Um, so it is a tarot. It's it's gorge- a gorgeous deck. Yeah. Hold on. Um, hold on. Hold on. So, hold on. Okay, that's a nice sound. Thanks. Um, so it stands for attractive, domestic, vibrant. The Mother of Wands is a Wands is a vibrant woman and happy mother. Family comes first in her world. She's very protective of it and is the dominant parent within the home. Though proud and determined, she has enough grace and beauty that you'd hardly notice her forceful nature. Oftentimes, she has overcome great pain or trauma in her life. It is important to not get on her bad side. Why does it sound like us? You just don't Um, get on her bad. Like, we're quiet. Yeah. 
but I can, I can, I can hold a, a very rarely, but I can hold a grudge. And uh, I, I should, I think it's, you know, my Libra and my Scorpio coming out usually. Yeah. But then there's that, you know, my moon sign is a Leo and people tend to forget that I am a fire moon, or sorry, sun sign. Mm -hmm. Fire sun sign. And I will unleash it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People tend to forget like, that. Um, sometimes at work, I... And I apologize because, like, I understand I can be a bitch. But, like, I'll be working with my two, my two ladies. And, um, and uh, I'll, like, something will happen. I'll be like, no, it has to be this way. Or it has to be done like this. And, like, I, I sound pretty bad. Yes. But, like, but it's to only get like to that us because close to that point, it has to be. There yeah, has I to have, be a I, reason. Like, I, at that point, I've repeated myself like numerous times, and I'm like, mm. <laughs> like I've tried to be nice. I understand that. That is our card. <laughs> oh God! So, <laughs> the witchy fact of the day is Shakespeare had a curse inscribed above his grave to discourage robbers from digging up his remains, and that's from Ooh. Shakespeare's Globe. Short, hmm. sweet, and to the point, but to the point. Like that. And uh, shit, my non-witchy other half has said. I don't have one. That's okay. This one just came randomly to me. And that's, as, like, sometimes as good as we get. Um, it was really, remember when it, it was really cold on, on Monday. And I go... Oh, it's colder than a witch's tit out there. And TJ's goes, I don't know. Let's check. Oh my god. Oh my god. We were sitting in the car for groceries. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but let's check. Shove your hand down. <laughs> Um, yeah, the only, like, I, I did that stuff on Sunday, and I texted Mike, and I was like, yeah, I know, I did a whole, like, cleansing thing, and I feel much better, and, oh, that's great. <laughs> so he's, he's open, he's down, nothing crazy to say this week. It's the odd time they say it now, I think they know, because we're, we're, uh, I mean, we've attention. been with these, these men, um, for quite some time, this isn't exactly, a new relationship over a if they're not decade. if they're Fuck if they're not used to our shenanigans by <laughs> now mm. one of these days we're gonna do something that shocks them but at the moment it's you know what the only thing i think would shock mike is if i were to keep blood in the fridge and there's no way that's happening so so ostara so Ostara runs between March 20th and 23rd, and some of its correspondences are animals, rabbits, can be rabbits, chicks, and lambs. Um, so for colors, I got um, pastel green, pink, green, and purple. I love, I love um, like the whole like Easter Ostara season, like the pastel colors. It's like my favorite. Love pastels. Um, Ostara and Beltane. 
have some beautiful yes. colors. <clears throat> uh, crystals associated with Ostara are rose quartz, agate, and moonstone. I love moonstone. I also love oh, rose moonstone quartz. is gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> I have um, I have a moonstone with like a green garnet piece in it. Ooh, it's like really my pretty. favorite. Yeah. Um, and I, I always get frustrated on how to pronounce um, the middle one, agate, agate. Like, and I never, I never know how to properly pronounce it. It's not, it annoys me. It um, does. I'm gonna go with agate because that's we'll what do I that. A lot yeah. Of say. Um, so foods that correspond with um, Ostara are potatoes, mm, honey cakes, eggs, and dairy. Uh, some of the herbs that are associated with it are lavender, and you've actually heard Stephanie talk about lavender um, quite a few podcasts back. Rose Hip, yeah. which was my last podcast. Yes. Lilac and Crocus. And actually, lilacs are one of my big three, along with lavender. Mm. See, I really like lavender, and I do. I love lilacs because... I used to go on walks with my mom and even I've gone on walks with Mike and some people have these like ginormous lilac bushes. Mm. Um, so some gods associated are Adonis, Ovis, Odin, Attis, and Apollo. And then we have the other end of our lovely spectrum, which are goddesses, which is, uh, I always get this one wrong, but... Uh, Oster, Ostra? Ostrar? Yostrar? I'm gonna like butcher it like seven ways to Sunday with how many times it's said in the history as well. So you're gonna have to pardon me. Uh, Aphrodite, Isis, Freya, and Persephone. Um, so some incense, gotta love some incense. Mm -hmm. Jasmine, rose, sage, and strawberry. I love um, me some jasmine incense. It's yeah. Um, my neighbor made me a rose and sandalwood candle. It is so pretty. It smells so nice. Yeah. The symbols are clovers, which may also come with the whole, you know, St. Patrick's uh, Day. Eels, uh, baskets and eggs, lambs, flowers, bunnies, chicks, and pastels. So those lovely pastels that Steph and I love to talk about. Loves are mm -hmm. part of and you know what my my Ostara altars and my Beltane altars are always my favorite. I always keep everything <laughs> to reuse it the next year. And they're really um, so easy to find because you can you can often go to the dollar store and find ah uh, yes they've got stuff. some really nice decorations there right now for like Easter. I am like, like hanging on. I'm like I can't buy anything because I literally need gas money to get to and from work for the next two days before I get paid. And then I can yeah. go crazy. Um, so spells, fertility, wealth, prosperity, new beginnings, artistic, uh, and culinary and culinary spells. Uh, some of the symbolism are fresh starts, welcoming of spring, balancing yourself. I was just fucking called it. I need to <laughs> Oh my goodness. Fertility, growth, wisdom and welcoming of the sun so other names because it can be said um different ways um eostra easter and vernal the vernal equinox are also the spring 
spring equinox. Yeah, I guess they missed that one in that little correspondence picture. Only so much on the uh, the interwebs there. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're gonna go way back, way way back, and we're gonna do the history now. Mm -hmm. So, the word Ostara is just one of the many names applied to this celebration, like we talked about. It has been celebrated and observed for a long time in many places around the world. Did you know, in ancient Roman legends, Attis, the consort of Sibo, was born via a virgin birth and resurrected in the spring. The venerable, again, I'm going to get this name wrong and I apologize if I do, um, Bidi claimed uh, Eostar was the Saxon version of our Germanic goddess called Ostara. Many modern pagans mark Ostara as a time of renewal and rebirth. So the Spring Equinox Festival is based in Germanic paganism. Eostar or Ostara is a goddess in Germanic paganism who by way of the Germanic month bears her name. As a pagan holiday, Ostara is one of the more confusing and convoluted festivals in terms of its history. This, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> what the uh, It's claimed by German neo-pagans, Norse, Saxon, and Celts. Celts admit that, the, that the holiday is not one of their original observations, and therefore it's accepted to be part of a reconstruction of old Celtic ways. There is speculation that this holiday owes its roots to the Romans who took their holidays <clears throat> into the invasion of Ireland and even spread it into Germanic cultures. However, this does not play out when one reviews Celtic or Germanic mythology and history. Eostar okay, uh, derives from Proto-Germanic Otro, which, uh, the translation of which, mean, which is to shine. But the name alone doesn't help us figure out where the holiday started. Germanic, or sorry, German, uh, Philologist, Junist, and mythologist Jacob Grimm wrote in his 1835 Duchess Mythology, this Ostara, like the Anglo-Saxon Eostar, must in heathen religion have denoted a higher being whose worship was so firmly rooted that the Christian teachers tolerated, tolerated, they're tolerated the name oh and applied it, right, and applied it to one of their own grandest anniversaries. He states the old high German adverb, Ostar, expresses movement towards the rising sun, as did the old Norse term. Oster and potentially also Anglo-Saxon Easter, the and Gothic Oster. 
Many scholars point to some of the earliest references of Ostara, which can be found in the writings of an English monk named Bede, or Venerable Bede, sometimes known as Saint Bede. And that's how we're going to say it, because I'm, I'm not attempting anything else. <laughs> now, Bede wasn't some fly-by-night monk. His monastery had access to one of the most competent and highly regarded libraries of his time. He was a great scholar of history as well as an adept linguist. His research through ancient writings allowed him to document knowledge that would have otherwise been lost in his day. He was considered to be the foremost expert on English history. And it is from his research and writings that we have the first documentation on Ostara. The problem is by the 19th century, many scholars began questioning Bede's research in quotations and writing. Some believe the pagan goddess concept was a creation of the English monk because it's been so difficult to document to document the story in other histories, be they folklore or accepted mythologies. These academics believe the concept of a pagan festival at this time of year comes from the ninth from sorry, at this time of year comes from 19th century reconstructions. There are extreme arguments on both sides for and against Bede and his writing of an early pagan goddess named Eostar. In 1958, near Morkenharf, Germany, 150 Romano-Germanic votive inscriptions were discovered. These inscriptions were incomplete as they were had worn out over time, but they were complete enough to tell uh, they were written to and about the matrion Austria-Henia. In his writings, B.D. licks Eostar to Austria-Henia. Again, I apologize if any of these names are incorrect. Um, I speak English and not even that very well. So if I get anything wrong, you apologize. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Astria Henia is the older version, or sorry, Astria Henia is the older variant of Astorhild, which is the ancestor variant to Eostra. Charles J. Bilson, a translator, lawyer, and collector of folklore, is known for his study and writings of ancient customs. In his search for customs and folklore of the hare, he cites whether there was a goddess named Eostar or not, and whether connection the hare may have, sorry, and whatever connection the hare may have had with the ritual of Saxon or British worship, there are good grounds for believing that the sacredness of this animal reaches back into an age still more remote where it is probably a very important part of the great spring festival of the prehistoric inhabitants of this island. 
Other scholars have noted that little more is known about Eostar beyond the one passage provided by Bede. He describes her lights as goddess of the dawn uh, were carried by hairs. She represents fertility and carnal pleasures that led to fertility. Because of this, she is linked to Aphrodite, who was also seen with the hair as a companion, along with satyrs and Cupid. Some have tried to link Eostar to the Norse goddess Freya, but that doesn't make sense uh, because Freya was seen with felines as her companions and not the hare. From a Celtic perspective, things get even more confusing. The holiday seems more of a neo-pagan attempt to reconstruct a festival for the vernal equinox, but what is based, what, but what it's based on isn't fully agreed to by historians. The holiday has been long associated with Nematona, who is a Romano-Celtic goddess of the magical grove. Nematona means grove, and she holds special significance to the Celts. The woodlands are long thought <clears throat> to be magical and sacred places. Her name is thought to be derived from Nemhed, who was, according to the Book of Invasions, the leader of the third invasion of Ireland. As a goddess of the grove, uh, Nematona is often seen in the company of the hare, foxes, and other woodland creatures. A story from folklore describes the goddess Nematona using a hare to carry a message across a battlefield who gives orders to a chieftain that permits his army to win the day. In ancient Rome, the followers of Sibyl believed that their goddess had a consort who was born via a virgin birth. His name was Attis, and he was resurrected each year during the time of the vernal equinox on the Julian calendar, which was between March 22nd and 25th. A dynasty of Persian kings known as the Achaemenians uh, celebrated spring equinox with the festival of Nowruz, which means new day. It is a celebration of hope and renewal still observed today in many Persian countries and has its roots in Zoroastrianism. In Iran, a festival called Shah Har Shenba Sur takes place right before Nowruz, uh, begins and people purify their homes and leap over fires to welcome the 13-day celebration of Nowruz. The indigenous Mayan people in Central America have celebrated a spring equinox festival for 10 centuries. That is a long time. <laughs> As the sun sets on the day of the equinox on the great ceremonial pyramid, El Castillo, Mexico, its western face is bathed in the late afternoon sunlight. The lengthening shadows appear to run from the top of the pyramid's northern staircase to the bottom, giving the illusion of a diamond-backed snake in the desert. This has been called the return of the sun serpent since ancient times. 
many of our modern day symbols for Osara, such as eggs and rabbits, come from both medieval Europe and Persia. For thousands of years, eggs have been painted as a part of the celebration and placed on the dinner table. The mother of the family eats one egg for each child she has, and that's usually in Persia. So with all this confusion, what exactly is the history of Ostara? There are many who will give you their opinion and tell you it's a pagan holiday that honors the equinox. The equinox is a time to be acknowledged. It occurs twice a year and marks the day when the earth is neither pointed to or away from the sun. Even in the cool wetness of the early spring, it is obvious to all that winter is over. The blooms and buds of next growing season are pushing through their winter slumber. The rebirth of the world is honored at Involk, but can be seen and felt at Ostara. Whether you connect to the Germanic roots or favor the Celtic version of Ostara, it's a festival that is celebrated by some and honored by many in the pagan communities around the world. And all of that's all I had uh, for the history. And I got all of that from learnreligions.com and springworldwolf.net. All right. So um, I have kind of like facts and information and etymology and origin uh, is the first section I'm talking about. And some of it is, you know, um, stuff as Brooke has mentioned um, and uh, some of it. So information is different based on where you get it. And I think this is um, evident of that. So um, many believe that Ostara is an ancient Celtic and Saxon spring holiday in re reference to Ostra, the goddess who symbolizes dawn and fertility. In Germanic terms, Ostra had its roost, roots as east, the same direction as the rising sun. For Wiccans and other pagans, Ostara is the day when the goddess, the mother earth and the sun god we are joined in sacred marriage. Moreover, it is the time when the goddess is in her maiden stage with full potential of fertility, growth, and readiness to reborn, to be reborn. Uh, it is one of the eight neo-pagan Sabbaths that compromise the wheel of the year, including Yule, Imbolc, Bates, Beltane, um, Lugestad, Samhain, Letha, and Mabon. Wiccans and other modern pagan groups follow and celebrate solstices and equinoxes each year as a spiritually rewarding practice. Aside from the Christian Easter celebrations, Jewish Passover is also observed on the spring equinox at the same time as Ostara. Um, for ancient Mayans, rituals are performed at the Pyramid of the Kuklakan, also known as El Castillo, which you did mention, and during the spring equinox to watch the descension of a snake from the afternoon shadows of the sun, the temple Chitsun Itza was structurally designed with the alignment of the equinox. In ancient Persia, the spring equinox was celebrated with a 13-day festival, festival of Norus, which means new day. In Roman mythology, the god Mithras was resurrected on the spring equinox and created the moon in the night sky by sacrificing a white bull and his cloak. So traditions and practices. During Ostara, um, participants do both solitary and communal rituals, including egg races, egg hunts, egg painting, egg eating, role plays with a man and a woman as god and goddess of spring, show courtship rituals representing planting of seeds. 
Like other neo-pagan holidays, Ostara is observed by setting up altars, symbolizing um, spiritual renewal. Altars are usually decorated with spring colors such as yellow, um, forsythas, I guess they're a flower, purple lilacs, and green leaves. In addition, statues of gods and goddesses, opposite color of candles, and sun and moon can also be placed. Moreover, figurines of cattle, lambs, rabbits, along with baskets of eggs, representing birth and abundance of spring, also feature on many altars. In addition to altar decorating, solitary rituals include casting a circle with three candles, yellow, green, and purple, a bowl of milk, and honey or sugar. The green candle symbolizes the blossoming of the earth during spring. The purple candle signifies the divine force of the guide that guides life, and when while well, the yellow candle represents the sun. There are also rebirthing rituals and earth meditation to get closer with nature. Every pagan holiday like Ostar is filled with both traditional and modern food and celebration of spring, um, including hot cross buns or cross quartered buns, which represent the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And other pagan traditions, hot cross buns depict the directions east, west, north, and south, while others view it as the four phases of the moon, dark, waxing, full, and the waning moon. Moreover, each quartered stands for the season, winter, spring, summer, and autumn. Okay, so some activities that you can do on Ostara. So there's some general activities, but I want to preface this by saying, um, please go with the COVID restrictions this year um, that your country or province or whatever um, is um, adhering to. Please adhere to all those COVID regulations. So certain group sizes or not going out at all. So maybe instead of a group um, get together, you do um, which is that are in your household or within your bubble or if you have to be solitary this year and not usually solitary, just, just adhere to the COVID regulations. So some general activities that you can do. You can have a traditional breakfast of buns, ham, and eggs. And this is probably where Stephanie's hot crust buns come in. Wear green clothing. You can bless seeds planted in the garden. Now in Canada's case, um, you can plant seeds, because um, in, in a lot of provinces in Canada, we can't even get to our soil at Imbolc. So this would be a perfect time to plant your seeds. And if you've planted your seeds in Imbolc, bless these seeds that were planted in the garden. Place a lit green candle in a dish full of moist earth and let it firm down and then bury the remainders except the dish. Um, this one, I want to say that, especially for any of our Canadian and American followers, you can do this really cheaply by getting stuff from Dollar Tree. Um, actually, all of these ingredients you can get from the Dollar Tree, um, even seeds, guys. Um, if you want to incorporate seeds into this, you can get seeds at the Dollar Store. They do have them um and pots and all of that so it doesn't have to be expensive for you 
You can plant some seeds in pots or your garden. If you blessed some seeds for in bulk and save them, use those, which I did because um, had in bulk, <laughs> our ground, we, we still had about a foot of snow. Uh, dye or paint eggs with pagan symbols and god or goddess signs. Uh, you can make natural uh, dyes from herbs and berries and things like that. Uh, make hot cross buns to honor the union of the union of the earth and the sun for spring. And as you slash the X, bless the cakes. Some solitary activities. You can boil eggs, uh, dye them all sorts of colors, and then eat them. Uh, you can participate in an Easter egg hunt uh, put on by your community. Now, most communities right now in 2021 probably won't be having Easter egg hunts, um, but uh, for future. Take a long walk and take in the beauty of nature, re reawakening all around you. Meditate and or do a private ritual. Some group activities. You can hold a group ritual outside if it's nice enough. Again, adhering to COVID rules. You're just gonna hear me like a broken record. <laughs> uh, listen to music associated with springtime. You can create bird feeders. Uh, volunteer at a local animal shelter. Again, only if they'll let you as it is COVID. Um, and then some activities for your little witchlings. Uh, you can dye some eggs. Uh, you can do a Eostar egg hunt um, if they're old enough. Uh, you can make Eostar baskets together. Um, you can try planting kitty grass in a small pot to use instead of the plastic grass that you get. Uh, and then they have a little plant that they can take care of. Uh, and then you can also decorate your house for spring. And that is angel, from angelfire.com. And then I've got a couple activities that I would like to do this year. And I have them painted out here. Um, so you can make eggshell plant pots, like I said. And what you'll need are some eggshells. You, it suggests that you keep as much of the whole uh, shell as you can. You'll need potting soil, grass seed, paint, glue and any color pipe cleaner. Uh, I thought this was a good one because uh, all of these you can get at the dollar store. So it's a, a not a very expensive craft, um, except for the eggshells. And if you ate eggs in your house, then these are free. Um, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna begin by making the stand for the egg out of the pipe cleaner. And you're gonna wrap it in a circle several times at the bottom of the egg to give it a little stand to set in. Uh, you're gonna glue that egg to the stand to create a, make it a little bit more stable and let the glue dry. You can make these ahead of time so that they're dry by the time uh, people paint them. And then you're gonna paint the eggshells any way you like. You can decorate them with symbols such as runes, zodiac signs, pentagrams, or any other symbols or designs you find appropriate. These cubes be used as altar decorations. Then you're gonna let these dry. Now, this has a tip in it, so use markers uh, to decrease the dry time 
but they also mention that the markers are a little bit more dull. But then that got me thinking. Nowadays, we have paint pens. So you can use paint pens instead of actual paint in order to create these, and you might still get that vibrant um, coloring. Uh, so when they are dry, use a spoon to add some potting soil uh, and then add the seeds and the water. Uh, do not let these dry out because they dry out very quickly, but you can also overwater plants. So be very um, dainty. Uh, just, I would suggest get a spray bottle from the, even from the dollar store, fill it with water and give a couple of sprays um, every day, or every other day so that they don't get too dry, but they don't get overwatered because it is a it is a happy balance with plants, as I've learned from doing it wrong myself. <laughs> um, the second one that I had that I will be doing is painted garden stones and what you'll need are stones. You can get these stones even from your garden or they have stones at the dollar store. Uh, outdoor paint, or again, those paint pens, if you have um, paint sealant, uh, also white paint, if you wanna make a gigantic design and glitter is optional. Um, and you can do anything you want on these stones. Um, I tend to, as an idea, you don't have to take this idea, but as an idea, I'm going to use a few of these stones uh, as plant markers to tell me what's in each pot, plant pot, uh, for my herb garden. Um, or you can use, uh, do man mandalas on them or anything like that. Um, but that's all I, I just want to point out that, I'd like to point out though, um, glitter is optional, but always mandatory. <laughs> so I've got a couple of recipes for you. Um, but how I'll be celebrating with Sarah is um, by decorating my altar, of course. Gotta change it up. And uh, do some baking. So, um, the first thing I got, and I got the idea because um, uh, Michael did some baking yesterday, but I was just thinking they make the perfect Ostara cookie. So, and they're called, they're called like crinkle cookies. Um, I've always had like chocolate crinkle cookies, um, but these are like lemon crinkle cookies. And basically the other name for them is lemon cool whip cookies. So what you need is one box of lemon cake mix or any cake mix will do, um, but uh, this is lemon. So uh, one container of cool whip, one egg and half to a cup of powdered sugar. That's it, that's all you need. So you're going to, um, Preheat your oven to 350. Um, you can spray the spray cookie sheet with an with non-stick cooking spray, or you can use um, parchment paper. Uh, next is pour cake mix into a large bowl, and then mix in the Cool Whip and egg. Mix um, the mix will be very fluffy, um, and it says, "Don't worry, just keep mixing until all the ingredients are well combined." Next, use a small cookie scoop or two spoons to drop rounded cookie dough into a small bowl of confectioner's sugar. Roll the dough ball into the powdered sugar until it is lightly covered with powdered sugar. 
then set the cookies on the cookie sheet um, about two inches apart and bake in the oven for eight minutes or until the cookies are very light brown around the edges. Let them cool in the cookie sheet for a couple of minutes before removing to wire racks or parchment paper to cool completely. And that's it. And you can store the cookies at room temperature in an airtight container. Those sound that's really like good. Those yeah, very simple, but delicious. Mike made them last night. So good. Um, I've got a simple but true um, favorite of mine. Crispy roast potatoes with rosemary. Um, you're going to need small, like the little bit baby potatoes. Um, two tablespoons olive oil, half a teaspoon of salt. Red or yellow. Garlic mince. It doesn't say. doesn't matter. Um, one and a half teaspoon fresh rosemary chopped. Though I prefer the yellow. I was going to um, cover, <laughs> cover new potatoes with water and bring to a simmer. Cook five minutes. Drain and toss potatoes in pan over heat until outside of potatoes are dry. Um, add olive oil, salt, garlic, and fresh rosemary. Place potatoes in a pan in one layer and bake uh, in a oven until crispy and browned about 15 to 20 minutes. Serve with roasted uh, and grilled meats or poultry. And next is um, Ostara bread. Mm, I'm gonna do the Ostara honey cakes instead. Um, mostly because the Ostara bread, it was mostly a vegan res recipe and I don't even have that stuff at home. So I'm not going to um, preach a recipe that I can't even do. Um, but it, this one is called Ostara honey cakes. I love So you're gonna cake. need, I don't think I've ever actually had honey cake but I wanna try making it. Um, so half a cup of Riesling wine, German white wine, one egg, two thirds cup flour, one cup honey, two tablespoons sugar, one eighth teaspoon cinnamon, one eighth teaspoon nutmeg, a dash of salt. Beat the egg together with the wine in another mixing bowl. Sift together the flour, cinnamon, sugar, and salt. Add the flour mixture to the egg mixture. Stir until blended through. Let's sit for 30 minutes. In another small bowl, mix the honey and nutmeg in a skillet. Heat up about half an inch of oil. Drop a tablespoon of butter into the oil and fry until... Oh, batter, not butter. Um, drop a tablespoon of batter into the oil and fry until golden brown. Drain off the oil and dip into the honey mixture. That sounds freaking delicious. That sounds so good. Mm -hmm. I've um, never had it another with the reason, so I, I might have to have to uh, write that out while I'm editing and try it this year. Mm -hmm. um, another thing you can do um, for all my meat lovers is roasted lamb. Like for many of our ancestors, lamb was the first real meat they got each year after the cold winter months. Ostara is the time of spring, the spring lambs. And if you are a meat eater, this marinated and roasted leg of lamb is the perfect dish for you, your Ostara celebration. <laughs> so um, ingredients, leg of lamb, uh, one cup of white cooking wine, two cloves garlic smits, um, juice from two oranges or a half a cup of orange juice, one tablespoon freshly chopped rosemary, pepper and sea salt, uh, to taste and olive oil. Uh, preparation to make the marinade, combine everything except the lamb in a bowl, blend it together with a whisk, pour into a plastic bag, and then add the leg of lamb, seal the bag, and let it sit overnight. Allow the lamb to reach room temperature before you put it in the oven. Remove from the bag, place it in a roasting pan along with the marinade juices, and bake on, low, uh, on the lower rack at 450 degrees. 
roast the lamb until it reaches an internal temperature of about 135 or about an hour. The secret That's to a good yeah. lamb dish is to not overcook it. So it should still be pink in the middle when it comes out of the oven. Place it on a rack cover with foil and allow it to sit in its own juices for about 20 minutes before serving. This will help the roasting process finish without drying out the meat. Um, that marinade sounds like it would be really good, even with like steak if you're not a lamb person. Mm -hmm. um, also, deviled eggs are good for this time of year as well. Mm. You love a good deviled egg. Um, but did you know that the phrase deviled when used to refer to food has nothing to do with devils at all? It was apparently coined during the late 18th century when it was applied to any food and item that was hot or spicy. Deviled eggs are supremely easy to make and you can make them sweet or spicy. This recipe is for a tangy, spicy version of the classic spring dish and make these delicious eggs for your Ostara get together and celebrations. You're gonna need a dozen eggs, a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, fourth cup mayonnaise, a teaspoon curry powder, half a teaspoon of white vinegar, salt and pepper to taste, paprika, always add paprika to everything. That is my, my, that is my jam. Parsley for garnish. <laughs> Smoked um, paprika is really good. Yeah. Um, preparation, hard boil the eggs and allow them to cool before peeling. Peel the eggs and slice them in one, uh, each one in half lengthwise. Remove the yolks and place them in a bowl. Mash the yolks with, up with a fork and add the Dijon mustard, mayonnaise, curry powder, vinegar, and salt and pepper. Blend it all together, gently spoon the yolk mixture into the white halves and sprinkle with paprika. Garnish with parsley, spring spikes for serving. That sounds so And nice. I got some of those, some of those recipes I got from Learn Religions. Some I got from, where did it go? I lost it, it's fine. Uh, Raven and Crone are also, .com, are also a, if you're looking for other recipes than what we have, I've noticed that they are a very good reference for, they have quite yeah. a few, few recipes uh, oh. that are very good. I found it. Recipes for the pagan soul. Oh, they are very good reference too. They are mm -hmm. Yeah. As for deviled eggs, lemon... I, I have to be careful with deviled eggs because if they're the, like the actual yolk part is overcooked um I get like a very the sulfur does not agree with me which is strange because I can drink red wine perfectly fine with also has like sulfites and the same things mm -hmm. but for the eggs they have to be uh boiled a certain way in order for me yeah. not to get a funny funny tummy Mm. And um, that lemon cookie recipe I got off of um, eatingonadime.com. <laughs> so, <laughs> already like that. Speaking of on the a dime. The thing I wanted to share. <laughs> speaking of yes, on a dime. Speaking of on a dime. I found this website called The Pennyless Pagan. And she has 10 ways you can celebrate Osara without spending a dime. Um, so, Brooke probably mentioned some of these with um what you can do like activities but one of them is take a walk um but like really take a walk notice the birds are twittering take a moment to study the budding flowers take your shoes off and feel the grass and while you're at it take a moment to ground yourself let the breeze dance in your hair take a deep breath 
of the first exhale of spring and take a moment to thank the goddess and God for the beauty of his nature. Bonus points if you spot a rabbit. Um, I don't have to go far for that. They're under my shed. Raven likes to play with them. Yeah, they're at my work. So really that's... Mm. Take Raven, Meditative. Take Raven to uh, Sunnydale Park. Mm, she'll if find it's them. Too frosted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she finds them. So meditate outside. Find a quiet spot in your backyard, a park, the woods, wherever you feel most comfortable. Take a seat, close your eyes, and just breathe, relax, and allow yourself to be open to whatever message Mother Earth has for you. She's always speaking. You just have to listen. I'm going to find something. Stephanie in, in my backyard randomly someday. Yeah, I just be like, <laughs> hey, babe, what are you doing? Um, three, plant something. What better way to celebrate fertility than to garden? Whether it's a single seed or a full-blown tree, it's totally up to you. After you put the plant in the earth, take a step back and appreciate the living essence you just connected with. After all, there is no better way to commune with the earth than getting your hands in some dirt. Or land or a tree and just be. One of my favorite things to do is to lie under a tree and watch the way the sun illuminates the leaves. This isn't a chance I often get living in. South. She lives in the Southwest. But when uh, I do get the opportunity, I always feel grounded and more at peace afterwards. True. Bird watch. Of course, you can always sit quietly in your yard and watch the birds. But if you're really in the mood for a, um, a gaggle, throw a handful of seeds onto the grass and wait for the party. Or if you down some coffee this morning and are really feeling motivated, you can make bird seed eggs um, to hang in the tree. Pick flowers, preferably not out of your neighbor's garden, but if you live in a place that isn't in the Southwest, she's counting the days until she lives in the green again, take a walk and pick some wildflowers. Just make sure to thank the earth for her generous offering. Have a picnic. You can plan a special Ostara meal filled with Ostara foods. Everything fresh and vibrant is appropriate. I throw together um, or throw together a couple of PB and J's. The point is to be outside observing the fertile turn of nature and connecting with the earth. Uh, smudge yourself. And uh, there's lots of ways to do this, but um, you should smudge yourself often. But if you haven't done so in a while, take the time to do so now. Ostara is about casting off the old to make a way for the new, just as the earth sheds its icy cloak. It's time for you to shed that funky energy. Grab yourself a smudge stick, a twig of rosemary, or a handful of, um, this article says sage leaves, but like um, you can use so many other different things. Also, there, there's more than just white sage. Like, I have sage in my stash, yeah. but it's not white sage. It's literally common sage that I have grown in my garden. Yeah. Uh, or have, um, get rid of that stagnant energy of winter, and while you're at it, spring clean your home home's energy. Um, dye eggs using natural coloring. Gone are the days of buying the chemical-ridden egg dyeing kit from... Um, she says Walgreens, but like I'll say Walmart um, with those funky wire egg scoops. Now you can do it at home using food from your fridge. Uh, Ten, have an Ostara feast. Find a special meal that honors the fertility of nature. Roast chicken, sauteed asparagus with a lemon and butter. Nourish your body with fresh spinach salad. Ostara is a great time for you to cook because produce is bountiful and colorful. Try something new or stick to an old favorite. Either way, take a moment to reflect on the uh, burgeoning spring as you chop stir in season and as always make sure to stay say a blessing and show gratitude to the sacrifices made for your meal especially if it includes meat 
I really want to make, I'm, I'm hoping to make my crock pot roast chicken. Mm. And if not, right there. <laughs> and if not that, then the spice rub that I use for it, which is like paprika and herbs and stuff like that, in an oven roasted full chicken. Mm-hmm. Which sounds very good. Ooh. I guess she posted a new um, article for this Osara. That one was an older one because um, I just went to the homepage. But she said she's like five things to celebrate Osara. One of them uh, is treat the bunnies. Rabbits are a symbol of the goddess, particularly during spring. Seeing them is always a treat in your um, the, your household, mostly because. Um, she, like she loves everything covered in fur, but it's also considered a blessing to encounter these lovely little. Um, give a sacrifice to the blossoming goddess and her fertile earth by leaving some romaine lettuce or berries for the bennies. Brew a springtime tea, just a na- as nature re- refreshes and revitalizes. Now is a good time for us to address natural detoxify- detoxification pr- approaches. Um, but you know, easy because that's how the blog rolls. Brew yourself a warm mug of spring tea to help your body transition from long nights of winter to the budding days of spring. Choose herbs like nettle, rose petals, lemon peel, cornflower, calendula, or dandelion to aid in de- detoxification. It's all celebrating spring with an herbal root. And um, so instead of like, and she also says, make an omelet. I love omelets. Mm. Uh. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week, which is have a wonderful Ostara. I know we're probably going to have a episode before Ostara, like right before Ostara. But if we forget on that episode, please have a blessed Ostara, whether you take a walk and do really nothing or you plant a garden. Um just enjoy enjoy for those of us who are in cooler climates and have had to deal with snow enjoy the melting of that snow and knowing that spring is finally on its way and oh, these past all days have been gorgeous they have i took the dog for a walk no problem i just worry about her paws with the salt mm, yeah that, that would hurt but they've, they've been wonderful. She's been out and about. And even, like, I'll let her out in the backyard. Just running around. And I'll, like, chill out there with her. Like, they've been absolutely gorgeous days. And I hope they continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you have a wonderful Ostara. Yeah. A wonderful week. Hopefully your days are getting brighter. And we will see you in the next episode. Uh, But if you need us before then, you can always find us on our website, actually, on our email at truenorthwitches at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at True North Witches. We have a website, www.truenorthwitches.com. You can also find us on TikTok at True North Witches. On YouTube at True North Witches. On Instagram at True North Witches. On Twitter, where we 
Never tweet. Never at tweet. True, no. At True North, which is. Uh, you can also find us on Pantheon or Patreon, not Pantheon. <laughs> Patreon. Don't judge me. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, typing in um, Patreon website forward slash TNW podcast or search us up in the search bar on the website at True North Witches. And that's all we had for you this week, witches. You have a wonderful week. Message us anywhere if you need us, whether it's witchy, non-witchy, you just can't deal. But also, do not forget, six weeks for your creepy cast, eight weeks for your question and answers. Please get them into us. We want to hear what you want to know from you. Exactly. You guys can't love hearing us talk that much. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, witches, you have a wonderful whatever time of the day that you're listening to this podcast. And we will see you in next week's episode, which is still Ostara based. So you have a wonderful rest of your week, witches. And blessed be. And we'll marry meet and marry meet again. Bye. All right, guys. Blessed be. Bye.